uh, and we are looking at the uh, mountain top wisdom, you know, what you call be the Beatitudes. Jesus spent a lot of time to look at some critical points when it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to how the kingdom of God should operate, when it comes to we as disciples, what should we expect from our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ, as those who have a lifestyle of Jesus Christ, some character issues, some personality issues that relates to the kingdom, that relates to the way of life. And I want to just encourage us, uh, I mean, watch some of these messages over and over again. Uh, so today I'm just going to be looking at one aspect, loving like Jesus. Uh, Richard did a wonderful, a, a wonderful job last time, even looking at it from chapter 4, which I'm not, I'm not going to try and do that, because that's also powerful, and I know I have very little time. So I'm going to read from Matthew from chapter 17 to chapter 30. Matthew chapter 5, 17 to 30. Thank you, you my wife. Matthew 5, 17 to 30. I'm going to be reading very fast because of time again. <clears throat> because I want to define some few things. Um, is that Tunde at the back? <laughs> no. Okay, no, it's not. Okay, sorry. Let me go on. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. This is Jesus talking. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So the first aspect I'm going to be looking at today is what does Jesus mean by that in relation to loving like Jesus? He says, the law that you talk about, I've not come to abolish them, but actually to fulfill them. So we are going to see what love looks like in the Old Testament, in the law. And then how did Jesus fulfill it in the New Testament? Is that okay? Right. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, we by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. So everything in the law has to be accomplished. And thank God Jesus Christ has come to fulfill that law. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the list of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. The next thing I want to say is, do you see that what Jesus is talking about is, if we put these teachings, like some of the things we're going to hear today, if you put them into practice, the Bible says you will be great in the kingdom of God. So I discovered that there are some things that can make me great in the kingdom of God. If I put these things into practice, it's going to make me great. I'm not going to talk about that today. Let me just go on. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. What does Jesus mean by this? We're going to be looking at that. That actually we, in the New Testament, unless our righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, what kind of righteousness does the Pharisee practice? So many things to unpack, but I don't have the time. Let me just keep going. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, 
and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Did you see that? In those days, you have to do it physically. External manifestation. Jesus is saying, actually, you don't need to actually do it externally. Once it is in your heart, you have already done it. <laughs> Can you imagine? It, so even some of these laws that people criticize, I think it's even better. Because you, have to, you can have it inside your heart, but until you do it physically, you can't be judged. But Jesus is saying, I don't even need to see you do it physically. If you are angry with a brother, you have already committed murder. <laughs> so I discovered that Jesus is talking about, when it, we are looking at loving like Jesus, we are looking at something from the heart, not what you do externally first. What you do externally is a manifestation of what is inside you. You cannot give what you don't have. So Jesus is addressing not the external thing. He's first of all addressing what is happening in the heart, in your spirit. Because it's what is in your spirit that will flow out to the outside. So we're going to be looking at that heart again. In 20 minutes, how can I do that? Let me just jump to verse 23. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you. <laughs> Did you see all these things about Jesus? Leave your gift there in front of the altar. He didn't say go away with it. <laughs> Lift it leave it there first. Give your offering first. <laughs> first go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly. There are so many unforgiveness. There are so many, I don't know, this world is just full of tension. It's just full of pressure. It's just full of hatred. One country against another, politicians, uh, the conservative against, uh, the, uh, against the... Sometimes I'm even tired of watching the prime minister's question. <laughs> but it keeps going and keeps going at all. And God is calling us, there's something about Jesus that we need to learn that changes that, that paradigm. Say, so settle matters quickly with your adversary, which is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. <clears throat> no time to unpack that. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And one of the things we say in this church is that we believe that marriage is a covenant that where sexual, sexual union should take place, it's only when people are married. Sleeping together with somebody you are not married with, according to the authority of the scripture, we are saying this lovingly. Covenant has not taken place. And we know all things happen in our society. Where people are not married, are already living together. I'm not saying this to judge us. I'm, I'm just saying this when it comes to the love that we are talking about Jesus. There's something powerful about covenant. And we are not saying, what we are saying is that, do you feel that you are meant to marry? 
If you're already living together, make a decision. If you are not, but do it the right way, then you'll receive God's blessing. Sorry, I'm just keeping that in. That is not my topic for today. <clears throat> Verse 29. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gorge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. <sighs> Jesus, you have to help me today. <clears throat> okay, because... So, let's look at what Jesus said about the law. Loving Jesus. What does, what does love, loving, in those days, in the Old Testament, what does it look like? Matthew chapter 22, verse 35 to 40. Please, you need to follow me. If you've got your Bibles on your phone, or you want to read your Bible, you, we must understand this, please. Okay? Are you following me? Don't worry, I'm rushing because I've just got to bring something out. Matthew chapter 22, verse 35 to 40. <clears throat> One of them, an expert in the law. Are you saying that? One of them, an expert in the law. It's like a lawyer who is an expert in law. Tested him. He did not come to be blessed. He didn't come to get an understanding, but to test Jesus. Okay? Are you getting that? Okay. With this question. Teacher! <laughs> did you say how he came? It's like, professor. <laughs> I honor you, master. You are a teacher. But he was doing that to test him. He wasn't sincere. Which is the greatest commandment in the law. An expert in the law. Asking Jesus. Which is the greatest commandment in the law. Jesus replied. Please. Please. I want you to get that verse 36. In the law. Are you following me? Okay. Don't worry. We'll get there. Jesus replied. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your soul. And with all your mind. So, the greatest is just love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So, please, I want you to get this. In the law, you love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and your mind. But the second thing is, love your neighbor as what? As yourself. So if you don't love yourself, what will happen? You, and the law accepts that. <laughs> if you, so it's like, if you hate yourself, what does that mean? You can, so you are the measure, the standard of love. So even if you hate yourself, if you see yourself like that, that is how you can operate. Are you getting me? If you don't love yourself, so yourself is the measure of love. You know, some of us will still say that today. I only love you like I... That's what the Bible says. Even Jesus said that. Remember, that's in the law. So what is the way of Jesus? I want us to look at that. Is that okay? 
So let's look at the way of Jesus, John 13. I'm just tracing something about the law. 34, 34. <laughs> look at Jesus. A new command. The expert in the law came to tell him, in the law, what does he say? He said, this is what he says. Just love your neighbor like yourself. You are the standard. If you have pride, if you are arrogant in your heart, if you do that to other people, that's normal. Don't love people more than yourself. Some of us, I know some of us who can say that. Jesus is saying, I'm giving you a new command. <laughs> What's the new command? A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. <laughs> Did you see the new command? You are not the standard of love that Jesus is talking about. <laughs> In the New Testament, this new command, it is not how you love yourself. That's the, that's the standard. The measure of love is the measure of love. That Jesus, so Jesus is, the now, Jesus is now the measure of how you need to love one another or love people. Are you following me? Now, the next verse now says, by this, you know, I just like, I, I, I just like the Bible. And that's why I love to just put myself, align myself to the Bible. Not by seven things. Will all men know that you are my disciples? Just by this one thing, will all men know you are my disciples? If you practice this kind of love, that I am the standard. So the next question is, what is the standard of Jesus' love? That's, are you not going to ask me that? Okay, so let's look at it. Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> Some of you will say, so tell us what's the standard of Jesus' love. Verse 1. Follow God's example. That is the standard that God is bringing us. As dearly loved children. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us. Did you see the love of Christ now? And gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So, the definition of Jesus' love is one, give. Love is not in a position, it's not about receiving. <laughs> it's about giving out. What's the next thing? Offering. You're offering yourself. You're offering your service. You're offering your life for others. What's the next one? Sacrifice. Do you see that this just knocked out my definition of love? I used to think that love enjoys, you know? <laughs> Valentine. <laughs> love enjoys. Ah, what do you mean? It's giving out. No, I want to receive. Yeah. Love is about giving out. It's about offering. It's about sacrifice. That's the definition of Jesus' love. 
So let me now use the last, I don't know, 10 minutes. Don't hit that music, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> the last 10 or 15 minutes to now define love. I want to define love. Now, my definition of love is in the Bible. All of us, we have read it in the Bible, but I'm going to bring it out. Now, in me bringing it out, it's for us to begin to walk in Jesus' love. And we are going to be discussing this in our connect groups. Please, connect group leaders, I'm going to give you some outline that you can use during the week. If you are not there yet, don't worry. We are all on a journey. Okay? So let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. That's where I'm going to settle today. 1 Corinthians 13. I want to define. So everything I'm doing now is just definition. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. <clears throat> Did you see NIV says, Love is patient, comma, love is kind. But when you look, it, look at it in some other translation, it says love is patient and kind. There is a connection between patient, being patient and being kind. One translation says love suffers long. Do you know how we have changed that to love suffers longer? What's the difference between love suffers longer and love suffers long? Pardon? Okay. Longer has a time limit. You can say, oh, I, I will just love you for this one week. It has longer. Then after one week, you will see, you will see my true color. When the Bible is talking that love suffers long, it, it doesn't end. So, towards the end, the Bible says love never fails. So, what is the definition of patient? What is the meaning of being patient? To be patient is to have the capacity, capability, and ability to tolerate suffering, hardship, troubles, without getting anxious or annoyed. Shall I say it again? Love, which is patient, is the ability and capacity to tolerate troubles, hardship, suffering, without getting anxious or annoyed. It appears to me that love is shock absorber. I'm just reading the Bible. Isn't it? That can absorb suffering, hardship, troubles, and is not getting annoyed. But instead of that love to get annoyed, what does it do? It's kind. What is kindness? Kindness is to be considerate. Kindness is generosity. It appears to me as if love absorbs suffering, hardship, troubles. But it also has reservoir. I don't know. To bring out kindness. 
Sorry, I'm just defining two words from love. And I still have about 20 to define. <laughs> Did you see how this knocked out my... I used to love his pleasure. Enjoyment, violent. I love you, you love me. Pleasure, you know, like we said there. Oh, just affection, deep affection. Love! It's a, it's a shock absorber and a reservoir. So when they arrested Jesus and Peter caught somebody's hair, I thought Jesus would say, thank you. I didn't know that I have loyalists who will defend me. He said, put your sword back. If you kill by the sword, you will die by the sword. <laughs> Look at Jesus absorbing suffering. He said, don't you know that I can talk to my father to send legions of angels and to deal with these people? So Jesus, now, can you imagine somebody who was like your loyalist, you are rebuking him, and then you went to the guy who said I was caught and said, sorry, I'm very sorry. He didn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and he healed that guy. He was absorbing suffering, but giving out generosity, healing. This is Jesus' kind of love. So I discovered that love is not reactive. You do that to me, I'm going to do that to you too. Mm -mm. Love is proactive, it's intentional. Love is thoughtful. Somebody wrote thoughtful. Love does not just act with the immediate action of what is happening. Love goes into that absorber. So I'm going to I can absorb it. But I'm going, there's a reservoir inside me that I can bring something out. <sighs> ah, I've defined just two things. It says it does not envy. Love does not desire, covert the possession, the qualities of others. Love looks at him or herself and say, I'm made in God's image. I'm content with what I have. Love does not look at that person who is a millionaire and say, I wish I had that money. Love says, what is inside me? There's something inside me that I can give out. Love does not react in, an, in a way that is envious. And say, is it because you are the pastor? You can't just say anything to us. Mm -mm. Love does not envy. He does not boast. He does not, can't, don't you know that I'm a professor, I'm a consultant, or to, what, what, you know, some of this cardiothoracic surgeon. <laughs> if you come to my table, I, I can decide not to wake you up. <laughs> because of the gift God has given you, you are making the others to look so inferior. Love is not like that. You don't carry yourself and, and take yourself out because of the gift of God inside you, because of ability to make others look inferior. You are not proud of your achievement, of your possession, of your ability. So what does love do? Love finds a way of even bringing somebody who is low. What can I offer? What can I sacrifice? Can I sacrifice 
my being a consultant in order to help this person. That is love. Oh, we are just reading the Bible. Don't hit that music yet. Not yet. It does not dishonor others. You did that to me. Do you see how people plan? Somebody did something that offended you. And then you are planning what you can also do in a greater dimension to dishonor her or to dishonor him. You know what I discovered? You need energy. You need concentration. You need your mind actually to retaliate. Let me just quickly finish. You need to read that later. It says it does not dishonor order. It is not self-seeking. Sorry. I'm still battling with this. I'm not sure love is, is assertive. <laughs> we are trained to be assertive, isn't it? I will tell you why I said that. To be assertive has three components. You have to be bold. Yes. As Christians, you must be bold. Yes. We have to be confident. That's part of assertion. Yes. We have to be confident. The next part of being assertive is to be forceful. You can manipulate your way. You can lobby in order to get something to favor you. I don't think that's part of the love I'm talking about. You will do everything. You will calculate everything in order for you to have your way. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to really think that love is assertive. If you're at work and you have to really <laughs> fight your way to get uh, that allocation for your department, I'm not saying that. But I'm just, I'm just thinking. Love is not, forceful, not forceful. It's not about you. You now have to manipulate. You are not at rest. You are, you are restless until you get your way. That's not love. Oh, dear. It is, uh, you see, they've read this several times when you go for weddings. <laughs> Isn't it? It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. When the other person is always breaking plates in the house. Two years ago, you you broke that expensive plate. Nine months ago, you did the same thing. And you know that these plates cost so much. Are we going to break all the plates in the house? But when it was you that broke the plate, you quickly forgave yourself. You say it is what it is. It's one of those things. Do you know you never talk to yourself like that? You say it is what it is. You, you, you forgive yourself. In fact, you don't say it out. <laughs> That's not love. Mm, it's not reactive. There are times when at the back I see parents 
struggling with their kids, running about. You know, I, I have seen people say, why can't you control your baby? He's making noise. She's making noise. You know what I do? I will just say, you're a fantastic parent. You're doing so well. I will look after the parent. I will look after your child now. I'm offering something. When we see some of those kids running out there and they're making noise, you see, sometimes you say, you're not allowing me to worship God. I'm in the presence of God. This person is disturbing me. <laughs> I just go there and say, you're a fantastic parent. I'm here. I'm here for you. We do it together. Somebody is very shy in the Connect group. But because you have so much knowledge about theology and Bible, you, just, you, you are just quoting Bible verses. I said this is what Jesus says in Greek. And even when you go to Alam Mike, the Bible says, uh, and the person is just keeping quiet. They feel inferior as if I don't know anything. What do you do? Offer something. So, oh, what do you want to say? Just, yeah. And the person says something. And there's one thing that makes sense. Well, you are very right. I want to encourage, that is scriptural, what you said. This other part, we can see it in a different light. You are offering something. Suppressing your knowledge of, uh, of, of Greek in order to, 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 to accept the other person. I think you can begin to, I don't know yet. <laughs> But I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just looking at some of the things we have read, they've read to you in weddings. I'm just bringing it out. Love does not delight in evil. So I, that's why I liked what we did today. People are suffering all over the world. You know what happened to me? The day the earthquake happened, I saw 800 people died. So I just thought, that's, that's too much. The next day, 3,000. The following day, 8,000. And by this morning, I think 25,000. More than. You just... We live in a broken world. There's tension, there's pressure everywhere. Can you not offer your love? To people, can we not be generous? So when I was looking at Jesus, the Bible says, can you imagine Jesus also suffered? He came to die for our sins. They bruised him. The Bible even says you couldn't recognize his face. They put thorn on his head. And you know what Jesus said? Can you imagine those soldiers, they were beating him, slapping him. <laughs> make it, can you make it? They're making mockery of God. They were jesting. If you say you are the son of God, save yourself. Useless man. He doesn't even have any power. And when you look at him in those days, he'll be healing the sick. Talk. <laughs> you know what Jesus says? He says, forgive them. It's because of their ignorance. <laughs> they don't know what they are doing. That's Jesus. <laughs> I think if I was Jesus and I had power, You want to kill me. And I had power. 
And I've watched some of those films where you see the Avengers. I've watched James Bond's film. I will just, I will just <laughs> ask my power to come and deal with you. <laughs> lastly, 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 lastly. <clears throat> but when, when love sees the truth, it rejoices, encourages the truth. When I saw people serving hard, I go, well done. God bless you. If you are not there, what would have happened? When we see something good, let's rejoice. Let's encourage each other. Don't bypass somebody by your side. When we see somebody struggling, let's be there to offer something. Love does not see something and go away, whether it's good or bad. When it's bad, love offers something, a solution. When it's good, love rejoices. So there is no condition that love bypasses. Or act as if I'm ignorant of what is happening. It always protects. Oh dear, I like this. I don't know. Love has this, how do I say, this buoyancy. This elastic limit to protect people. To make people feel safe in God. To make people feel loved. Love creates an environment of peace. Uh, there was a time when one of our brothers had an operation and I went to visit him at my former hospital, Stephen Hill Hospital. So I spent about 10, 15 minutes because they won't allow you to spend more than that, 10, 20 minutes with, with him. So I said, well, I used to be here <laughs> 15 years ago. So I went to my department, physiotherapy department, just to go and say hi, five minutes and just run away. I was there for two hours. Some of my colleagues who were there, they were saying, wow. They were introducing me to the new members. They said, when Kofu was here, we had peace in this department. They said, in fact, one of them, I was very embarrassed, went to go and bring a, a phone and said, come and see your children. Me, my children. Ah, I said, these are the people you prayed for. Remember, you prayed for me 15 years ago. They are 14 years old now. They didn't allow me to go for two hours. When you are there and there is suffering, you don't, you, you, there is something you can offer. And when there is truth, you rejoice with that truth. It protects, it trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Look, there's nothing, if you allow love to reign in any situation, it doesn't fail. Love doesn't fail. You cannot subdue love. You would think you have eradicated love as you are, you know, as you are stepping on love and you think you have finished love. After one minute, you say, I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> you can't get rid of me. Love prevails. Let's practice love within each other. Let's give love to the world the way Jesus loved the world. Thank you.